Dear Martin, Chapter 9. Justice is so focused on the upcoming state debate tournament, he barely notices Christmas and New Year's as they blow by. Of course, the morning of the tournament itself, it's the last thing on his mind. For one thing, two nights ago, he broke up with Mello again. He's pretty sure for the last time. As they sat in her basement with her rambling about stuff that has no bearing on anything that matters, Manny's words rang through Jess's head like a five-bell alarm. If Mello and SJ are diverging paths on the road of life, you're headed for a dead end. Speaking of SJ, that's the other reason he can't focus. As she steps out of the hotel elevator, smiling at him like he made the sun rise, his brain goes to mush. Though they clear things up the day after the mellow SJ cafeteria showdown, just, I'm sorry for sidelining you, S. SJ, I forgive you, jackass. Don't let it happen again. Seeing SJ now, Justice can tell how big of an idiot he's been, especially considering the fitted skirt suit and heels she's rocking. You ready? She says once she's standing right in front of him. He just stares. Her smile fades and she touches her cheek. What, is there something on my face? No, Justice clears his throat. You look really nice is all. Oh, thanks. Her cheeks turn pink. Justice thinks he might combust. She winks and tugs at his tie, which matches the deep maroon of her suit just like they had planned. You're not too bad yourself. Just when Doc comes around the corner from the breakfast buffet with the rest of the team in tow, Good morning, my little lion cubs. He steps between Justice and SJ and drapes an arm around each of their shoulders. Ready to rumble? Bet your ass we are. Watch it, Miss Friedman, just says in Doc's voice. Doc and SJ laugh. Seriously, though, Doc says, I know your round isn't until after lunch, but you feel like you're ready, ready? What Doc isn't saying, he still hasn't gotten his mind around the fact that his top two debaters elected to forego the actual debate rounds of the tournament and focus solely on advanced pairs argumentation. In other words, they've got one shot. We're as ready as we'll ever be, SJ says. She reaches past Doc to squeeze Just's hand. Just looks at her and she smiles. He has no clue how he's gonna get through this day. Truth be told, Just and SJ hadn't set on a topic until a couple of weeks ago. They were in her basement. She was sitting cross-legged with her laptop open in this massive wicker chair Mr. F imported from Israel, and Just was pacing around the pool table, using the cue like a hobbit staff, trying not to ogle her legs. He sighed as he passed her again. Maybe we should just do the stereotype threat thing. We've got a solid argument there. Yeah, minus the fact that the guy presenting it wasn't affected at all. She smirked. Well, we gotta pit something S, he says. Like, now. We're running out of time. I know, I know. Give me a sec, okay? I'm working on something. She went back to typing, and Jess's mind went in a different direction. Over the past couple of days, it really sunk in that this world, that this would be his and SJ's final tournament together. When it was over, his excuse for hanging out with, with her would be kaput. And then what would he do? He glanced over at her again. She was rocking her glasses with her hair in a messy knot, his favorite way for her to be. Yeah, just last night he'd been at Mellow's, 
and definitely not for anything academic. But being around SJ was just different. He didn't want to let it go, but had no clue how to keep it going. Oh my God, what? I think I've got it, come here. She uncrosses her, she uncrossed her legs and made room for him in the chair. As he squeezed in beside her and felt her whole left side pressed against his right, he had to take a clandestine deep breath and she smelled like fruit and flowers and forced himself to focus. So check this out, she said, rotating the screen so he could see. The Myth of the Super Predator was the title of the article. The gist of this, back in the 90s, some big shot researchers predicted that the number of violent crimes committed by African-American teen males would skyrocket in the years to follow. The quote leading authority on the matter dubbed these potential criminals super predators. Justice already knew about the super predator myth. He'd stumbled upon the whole thing while trying to deal with his own profiling trauma. But he let SJ keep going because when he would he get to see her all absorbed in date, debate research and taking and talking a million miles per minute again? He'd missed this. Fortunately, the prediction was incorrect, she went on. Crime rates among youth plummeted. He smiled. Okay. Unfortunately, it seems the fear of young black guys created by this research is alive and well. She ran a fingertip over his wrist. And time to get up. He went back to pacing. So where would we go with this, S? Well, I'm thinking we could do an argument on racial profiling. Just stopped. You're not serious. I am. So you've lost it is what you're really telling me. Oh, come on. What do we have to lose? Uh, the tournament? Screw the tournament. She shut her laptop and came over to where he was. This is something people need to hear about, Just. It's an argumentation gold mine. Hmm. It wasn't that he didn't believe he could form a solid argument. She was right. The numbers spoke for themselves. The real issue? He didn't want to be the black guy accused of playing the race card at a state tournament. He turned to her then, though he probably shouldn't have, cause feelings. I don't know about this S. I didn't sleep for a week after what happened to you, Just, she said. I know we might be throwing away our chance at a win, but if we get some facts out there, make maybe make people think a little bit, it'll be worth it, right? Just didn't say a word. She threw an arm over his shoulders, boob on the biceps. It's our last hurrah, she said. Let's go out with a bang. S-I, come on, Jussie, she pouted. He sighed. There would be no turning her down. Fine, he said. Let's do it. Because of their combined debate record for this season, eight wins, one loss, one tie, Justice and SJ are the final pair in their division to present their argument. When their names are called, they step into the glaring stage lights and up to the ad adjacent podiums. The only people Just can see are the three judges. The center judge says, you may begin, and SJ launches into their introduction. With her final sentence, we are here to argue that racial disparities in the U.S. criminal justice system are largely due to racial profiling. A murmur trickles through the audience. Justice's stomach clenches and a bead of sweat runs down his side from his armpit. 
Two of the judges are stone-faced, but when he locks eyes with the third, a white lady, she nods at him. His eyes shift among the three of them as he and SJ rattle off statistics that support their argument. Drug use versus drug conviction numbers, arrest numbers in minority populated versus white populated police zones. By the time they get to the super predator stuff, all three judges are wrapped. That's when Just realizes SJ was right. Whether or not they win this tournament, he needed to talk about this in a public forum. When they're done, Just feels like he's walking in a dream. He and SJ get backstage and the team sweets them up in hugs and high fives. Doc, with visibly moist eyeballs, tells Just, tells Just how proud he is. And a black guy from the other team nods at him from across the room. Some random cute girl from another school brings him water with her number scrawled on the cup. And she see and he sees SJ slip it in the garbage when he, she thinks he's not looking. He has no clue how much time passes between them leaving the stage and hearing the MC return to announce the results. But the next thing he knows, Doc and the team are filing out to return to their seats. None of it feels real. Without thinking about it too much, he drapes an arm around SJ's shoulders. She turns to wrap her arms around his torso. And when she buries her face in his neck, his other arm slips around her waist. They breathe. The NC calls third place. It's not them. SJ inhales and just feels her ribs expand. Then the NC calls second, and it's not them. Just squeezes tighter. S, I just want to set. Shush it. You can tell me later. Bossy. She chuckles. It makes him feel better than he's felt in a long time. And your state champions in the Advanced Pairs Argumentation Division from Braselton Preparatory Academy, Justice McAllister and Sarah Jane Friedman. They don't let go. January 13. Martin, I think I'm losing it. I've avoided writing to you about it because it really doesn't have any bearing on the Be Like Martin experiment. Then again, I guess it could be considered a failed attempt at romantic integration or something. Anyway, after the dream I just had, which I definitely won't put in here because it's not appropriate, I gotta get some stuff off my chest. So SJ and I won our division of the state debate tournament. When we returned backstage after receiving our medals, everything felt different. I couldn't stop thinking about the way we were hugging just before they announced all the winners. So when she turned to face me looking all beautiful, I knew that was it. No more resisting. We're standing there grinning at each other. So I looked at her lips and leaned in for the kill. And she turned away. Just straight up rotated 180 degrees and started walking in the opposite direction. You see Doc anywhere? She said over her shoulder. That girl knew I was about to kiss her, Martin. She avoided me for the rest of the night and then wouldn't talk to me on the ride back to school in her car Sunday morning. Just cranked up the music like I wasn't even there. Then, when we got to the dorms, I reached for the car door handle. She goes, so congrats again on winning the tournament. Like she didn't just win it with me? Working with you has been a real pleasure and I know you'll do great at Yale. See you around, Justice. It took me a minute to get the hint and exit because I was trying to figure out the identity of this alien cyborg and what the hell it wanted with my debate partner, 
good friend, girl I really wanted to kiss, named SJ. As soon as I grabbed my stuff and shut the door, she drove off, just like that. I was ready to go against my mama for this girl, Martin. I don't know what happened. I thought things were going well. I swear, since Manny called me out for not being like you, SJ and I have been tighter than ever. The chemistry was off the charts. I know I didn't read the signals wrong. Did I? I have no idea what to do now. I can't eat, can barely sleep, can't stay focused. Everywhere I turn, there's a reminder of this girl. Can't pass a brunette without doing a double take. Manny's been on this Carrie Underwood kick, which is what SJ liked to play in the background when we were working on debate stuff at her house. I even went to sleep at home last night, sleep at home, thinking being around my mama would help. But when I got there, she was watching Judge Judy. SJ swears she and Judge Judy are related. I guess I should let it go, right? I can't force her to talk to me if she doesn't want to. It makes me feel whack as hell, but in my mind, I keep seeing the shrinking taillights of her car as she drove away. Whatever. I give up. Gonna try to sleep now. Jay.